time has come for drag queens to save the world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. <laughs> Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season streaming May 17th exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with a pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. What a game. Uh, welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast. I am Chip Brown of Horns247.com, joined, as always, by the managing editor of Horns247, Taylor Estes. And, Taylor, we are uh, trying to make sense of Alabama's 2019 win over Texas, in which... The football gods messed with Texas again. 13 years after their last meeting, the football gods messed with Texas again when it comes to uh, the Longhorns and the Crimson Tide getting together. Uh, 13 years ago, it was Colt McCoy uh, getting injured with 10.54 left in the first quarter. Today, it was Quinn Ewers. Uh, getting knocked out of the game on a roughing the passer call against Dallas Turner, who drove Quinn Ewers' left shoulder into the turf, and Ewers didn't move for like a minute, and then he left the game, and he didn't return. Well, he did return to the sideline uh, with his left arm in a sling, and now he has what Steve Sarkeesian called a sprained clavicle but he had he's yet to get an mri so we don't know if it's a a shoulder separation a sprained ac joint uh maybe a fracture to the clavicle uh, which uh jordan whittington had last year that's that's the injury he suffered in the oklahoma game and was out um about a month so taylor um this one had a little bit of everything. It was injury plagued. It was penalty plagued, especially on Alabama's side, 15 penalties for hundred yards. And I sure thought that Bert, Bert Auburn was going to be a burnt orange legend, right down to his burnt orange hair. Uh, when he kicked that 49 yard field goal to put Texas up with a minute 29 left, but too much time on the clock for the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, Bryce Young, who completes passes of 28 and 5 and 5 yards before Texas calls a timeout. They bring a corner blitz perfectly called. Ryan Watts has Bryce Young in his hands for a 10-yard loss. Alabama would have had to burn their last timeout. It would have pushed them 
um, from the UT 37 back to the UT 47. Uh, but as Steve Sarkeesian said, Bryce Young turns into Houdini. He gets away from Ryan Watts, runs for 20 yards to the UT 17. And that ultimately sets up a game-winning 33-yard field goal with 10 seconds left. Alabama 20, Texas 19. Uh, in a game where Texas fans were standing and giving their team a standing ovation as the Longhorns left the field, Taylor. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering if you're going to let me talk there, Chip. Just kidding. <laughs> but no, yeah. I mean, it, it was all sorts of wild, obviously. And this is what makes college football what it is. I mean, talk about a game that nobody expected. Steve Sarkeesian talked about that after the game. You know, nobody gave them chances. Uh, you were the closest, I will say. You you uh, had what was it? I forget what your prediction was, but you had them within one score losing. Yeah, to to Alabama, where the rest of the Horns twenty four seven staff, myself included, were expecting what Vegas was kind of expecting. But um, no doubt that Texas came out, um, you know, kind of guns blazing, and and it's it's so wild. I was talking to a family member of mine that's a Texas fan after the game and it's like gosh i feel like texas and like has to texas fans especially have to be kind of on the place where it's like i don't want to have the what ifs after a loss to alabama because if you think about it when you look at how this game played out starting quarterback goes down in the first quarter you're relying on a backup and even in this one, I mean, Hudson Card, like he was injured pretty early on after he took the field and still kept Texas in the game. But I think that the biggest storyline, if you're if you're a Texas fan and I and you know, I know moral victories have no place in sports more times than not. But one thing I will say, Chip, is the Texas defense came out absolutely on fire. They hit Bryce Young in the mouth and Alabama in the mouth early and often. And that's exactly what you have to do when you're facing the type of caliber opponent in offense, you know, that Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide have with reigning Heisman Trophy winner Bryce Young, you know, uh, one of the only people touching the ball every single snap. So the Texas defense really did an outstanding job. And I know that a lot of that may get overlooked. I would say, you know, coming out of the game because a loss is a loss is a loss. You are what you're Record, is, you know, says you are what the scoreboard says. But man, that Texas defense, like you've got to just be enamored a little bit with the turnaround. I mean, this is not just, you know, facing ULM and that's no knock on ULM or anything along those lines. This is facing the number one team in the country and they were just on fire. I mean, they were getting after Bryce Young, getting after the Alabama offense and you've got to give credit where credit is due. And, you know, with that being the biggest concern for Texas last year, coming into this year, I mean, you hope, you know, things continue to progress this way. But, man, that that's a good performance. You have to give credit for the defense, Chip. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they were the story of the game because uh, when yours goes out of the game and yours – was getting into a rhythm. He was nine of 12 passing 134 yards. He had just hit Xavier worthy on a 46 yard deep ball, um, you know, right down to the shadow of the Alabama goal line. There was a face mask penalty on that play that put the ball uh, at the, you know, 
two, three yard line. And, um, and then Ewers gets hurt and comes out of the game and the offense wasn't quite the same. They had converted two of three third downs passing and the one incompletion from Ewers to Jatavian Sanders, Steve Sarkeesian mentioned might've been a pass interference on Alabama cornerback Kool-Aid McKinstry, who had two other pass interference flags thrown on him uh, later in the game. And Ewers was, he hit Xavier Worthy uh, for a touchdown that Worthy had in his hands. But when he went to the ground, the ball came out in the back of the end zone. It's the first time I saw any real emotion from Ewers. He was, you know, he was like, ah. Yeah, he kind of like went like this, like yeah, he, he kind of like at the end, you know, kind of flinched <laughs> a little bit, like oh, you know, we had that, but this offense was had some swag. It it was moving. Quinn Ewers was was connecting, and and then you know when the offense goes over to Hudson Card, as you mentioned, he suffers an ankle injury, plays through it, but the offense, his best drive. Hudson Card, 86-yard drive, ends in no points right before halftime uh, because the field goal, which Alabama's uh, officials, you know, their sports information director said Will Anderson uh, bl partially blocked it, and that's why it was such a mess. It was like a 20-yard field goal from the left hash that Burt Auburn missed left. Um, but, you know, Hudson card lead, leads this gutsy 86 yard drive and it ends in no points. And you're just like, what does this kid have to do uh, to, to get on the board and get a break. And those points mattered, Taylor. I mean, in a 2019 game, those points mattered. And um, it, it, the defense though held Alabama, scoreless in the second and third quarters six straight punts four three and outs a four and out Deshaun Jameson dropped an interception before he left the game uh, with an ankle injury that um, he did not return from Jameer Johnson ended up coming in and replacing him uh, so two big injury uh, you know injuries occur in this game with with Quinn Ewers and and well, three Hudson card who played through the ankle injury. I saw Hudson card after the game, he was limping and, and then Deshaun Jameson in a boot uh, to end the game. And Deshaun Jameson has been fantastic. Uh, got off to a great start, obviously in the ULM game had a pick six. So um, the defense was, you know, outside of the 81 yard run by Jace McClellan, where, Jalen Ford was the one who was out of position on that play. Um, and then Jalen Ford responds with his best game as a Longhorn. After being out of position on that play, he ends up with 10 tackles, um, two tackles for loss, a sack. And it was a really impressive performance because remember you and I talked last week, he did not have a single tackle. Yeah. In the ULM game. And he didn't, you know, he didn't play the whole game. There was a lot of backup uh, backups getting into that game, but still. He didn't uh, that, have like an assist. A, like yeah. he, had, he had zero stat line. Zero. Yeah, that game. Mm -hmm. It's the middle starting middle linebacker. And, and DeMarvian Overshone said after the game, 
uh, that Jalen Ford will be the first to tell you last week wasn't his best game and he was determined. And so he looked a little gun shy and then they sent him on a blitz. He, he, he got the sack. And from that point on, Jalen Ford looked like a different person. So this defense, uh, Anthony Cook with a huge fourth down stop uh, with 355 left in the game, which allowed Texas to drive to a go-ahead field goal by Burt Auburn, a 49-yard go-ahead field goal with a minute 29 left. Um, you just thought Texas was going to be able to finish this one because the defense was playing so hard. The offense was grinding, and, and Burt Auburn, connected on a 49-yard field goal with Cameron Dicker in attendance. And you're thinking, my gosh. But just the football gods, they're messing with Texas Taylor. Uh, the Texas defense deserved better. Um, the I'm, I bet the coaches are kicking themselves for not blitzing Bryce Young earlier in that final drive to the game-winning field goal because Bryce Young just zipped the ball all over the place. Then when they finally brought that blitz the corner blitz of ryan watts man if if that thing hits and it should have hit like like we said uh bama would have been back at the texas 47 scrambling to call their final timeout, um looking at second and 20 instead bryce young runs for 20 to the ut 17 and sets up the game winning field goal so uh and got to give some love to danny trejo we said in the insider this week that the Daniel senior Daniel Trejo was in line to be the starting punter this week. And after a 37 yard punt that you're like, Ugh, yeah, <laughs> that guy finished with a 46 yard average. Uh, he had a 61 yard punt, a 50 yard punt to the Alabama one finished with five punts for 46.4 yards. So there was a lot to like about this game, Taylor, except for the final score and the biggest play of the game, biggest blown call of the game, where Tavondre Sweat has Bryce Young for a safety. Bryce Young tries to throw the ball, intentional grounding, and some ref in the back of the end zone throws a late flag on DeMarvian Overshone for targeting. And he didn't no even come close. No, he didn't even hit any, any part of the head or neck area of Bryce. I mean, big 12 refs, right? There you go. If, if, if Texas fans are looking forward to anything going to the SEC, get away from these refs because it's embarrassing, Chip. Like, and I, I hate, I absolutely hate when people complain about the refs because I always think like, well, do, do what you can do to control the outcome of the game, right? Like that's the way I always approach it. But my God, like that was just like, we were watching it in the press box and I was like, what? Like, we thought it was going to be a like, celebration who? penalty. Yes. Yes. Like, it was like, so like, late. It was that late. Oh my gosh. I mean, it was like, Hey, maybe check to see if you can check the bank accounts of what the ref that threw that flag you know, what bets he may have made in this game. Cause that was embarrassing. Like was, that was just one of those, like one of those plays chip, I'll say where I try not to get like too heated on it. Like in the moment in the press box, a lot of times it's harder for us to see a lot of the reviews. We can't hear what they're saying on the game broadcast when they have the rules, you know, like experts come on to explain why something is called. The first thing I did when I came home was look at that and I rewatched that play. I can't tell you how many times. And it's like, 
Yeah, there's like, nothing. What, what, what that, in like, the F is going on? Like, honestly, that's, Lord, that's the reality. Lord knows what that ref was looking at. But it cost Texas dearly because Texas would have been up 12 to 10 with 9.50 left in the third quarter and would be getting the ball back. Mm -hmm. And again, those two points in a 2019 game and Texas ends up, you know, Bama ends up kicking a 44 yard punt out of their own end zone because the officials end up crediting Bryce young with an incomplete pass. Yeah. On that play instead of anywhere near, right. Instead of a sack or intentional grounding, which would have also equated to a, a safety uh, intentional grounding in the end zone is a safety. And so Bama kicks it 44 yards out of the end zone. Texas drives to a field goal to go up 13 to 10. And they should have been up 12 to 10 with the safety, with the ball, you know, coming back. And as Steve Sarkeesian said, it could have changed the complexion of the ball game. And that is it's just frustrating. It's frustrating, you know, because Texas fans are sick and tired of being sick and tired. And yeah, and you're, you look at this performance. It was a gutsy performance from Texas. Uh, the defense totally stood up and gave us a performance we hadn't seen uh, last year. You're wondering, oh my gosh, Texas is up 13 to 10, then 16 to 10 in the third quarter. You're thinking, they're, they're going to finish this game. They're going to win this game. And, um, they just, you know, it was, it was just a crazy, uh, you know, change sequence of events that, that lead to this, this loss. Um, and, and Steve Sarkeesian said, look, we can't get hung up on this because in seven days, Texas has to play UTSA, a team that Texas is going to be heavily favored to, to beat. And Texas is going to have to bring their own juice to the game. They're going to have to bring their own energy. They're going to have to play to their own standard and not come down or let down. Because UTSA, you can argue with Frank Harris at quarterback against Hudson Card, you might give Frank Harris the edge in that game. So, you know, we don't know what's going on with Quinn Ewers, but it looked bad. And, yeah. and so we'll, we'll see, but, um, especially, and I meant, you know, banged up Hudson card. He's going to try and fight through this ankle injury and, and, uh, and be ready to go next week. Yeah. Uh, before we continue this conversation, Chip, let's take a really quick break, but stick around. We have much more to, um, talk about coming out of this game between Texas and Alabama. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search... 
The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Beats. Chip, when you talk about UTSA, you know, on paper, I would say, obviously, Texas is probably going to be favored, but there are some matchup differentials that maybe favor UTSA. When you look at what UTSA has done so far, they've now had back-to-back overtime games, one that ended in a three-overtime loss to Houston, a 37-35 loss in week one um, that was at home at the Alamo Dome. They won on Saturday against Army, um, at Army actually, 41-38, to but again, needed an overtime. And I feel like if you're a Texas fan, you you have to hope that you have to hope that Quinn Ewers is fine. I I don't, it's hard for me to say one way or the other. It's hard for us to, you know, we're not doctors or anything. It didn't look good. So you have to hope that Hudson Card, I think almost can, whatever his ankle or foot, whatever the injury or issue that he played through, you hope that that clears up because this is a UTSA team Kind of what we expected going into the year had a lot to replace. They did have the veteran quarterback. They have enough to stay in games. They have a great coach in Jeff Trailer, good coaching staff too. Um, but at the end of the day, I think if you're Texas right now, and maybe I'm wrong, you know, I have to go back and watch everything from this game. We're coming, you know, we're we're doing this before we even start rewatching the game. I only rewatched a few plays, but you have to, in my opinion, right now, you have to hope that Hudson Card's okay. Am I wrong? Yeah, you have to hope Hudson Card and Quinn Ewers are okay. Well, yes, Quinn, yeah. But. Quinn Ewers looks like he he looked he looked like the quarterback we expected uh, in that first quarter against Alabama. The game was not too big for him. He was putting deep balls right on the money. I mean, he missed one um, to to Xavier Worthy, but um, he he hit on. <laughs> on that 46 yarder and on the touchdown ball that, that worthy couldn't control to the ground nine to 1234 yards passing converted two of three third downs passing Hudson card converted one of nine third downs the rest of the game. And that, you know, again, on a hobbled ankle. So Hudson card deserves credit and respect for again, leading an 86 yard drive that resulted in no points. Uh, because of the partially blocked field goal or whatever. I mean, it just it's just confounding the the things that seem to happen with this Texas Longhorn football team, um, especially when it comes to playing Alabama the last uh, two meetings. But right. you can't you can't hang your head or look back or say this or that. I mean, I I kind of loved what DeMarvin Overshone when asked about the the blown safety call, he said. You're not going to get all the calls and, right. and the refs aren't going to, you know, they're, you're not going to get all the calls and you, you just got to keep playing. And that's a mature uh, attitude. And, um, you know, they're going to need every bit of that player leadership this week to get Texas back on track because uh, UTSA is going to come in with uh, all kinds of confidence. That was an impressive win at Army. Frank Harris of UTSA, 32 of 45 passing, 359 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, and ran for 30 yards. So that kid is is coming and is going to test where this uh, Texas team's focus is 
in seven days, Taylor. Yeah, they are. And and if for some reason Hudson Card has to be the starting quarterback answer, I think it's important to to mention, Chip, what Steve Sarkeesian said after the game, saying that, you know, he was asked um, how the game plan changed with Hudson Card coming in compared to Quinn Ewers. And he said the game plan didn't change. What changed the game plan was when Hudson couldn't move. And he goes, quote, when your quarterback can't move and you're going against that defensive front, that's when it started to change some. We had to tweak it on the fly to protect him. It wouldn't have changed if it if he was healthy and he was feeling good. But ultimately, he got rolled up on and things had to get adjusted. But even after he was rolled up on, I mean, he had that big scramble for a, a third down, one of the few third down com, um, conversions that he did have. It kind of makes you like when you look at the end all, like the overall stats, you know, at the end of the game, three of 12 on third downs, obviously never good to only com uh, convert, you know, 25% of your third downs. However, the one that he did was a big play. And I think he does deserve to be recognized for that because, he, I mean, it's not like he had an upper body injury. He had a lower body injury and he scrambled for a big run himself. I mean, you know, I feel like he he's played through a lot of injuries in just two years, go back to the West Virginia game last year. I mean, he was playing basically on one leg and nobody wanted to really acknowledge it because it ended up in a loss. But this is a, I feel like if anything, Hudson card is showing how much he really does love being a Texas Longhorn in those type of plays. He's not perfect. Like I think Texas, I think there's no denying Texas has a better chance of winning games. If Quinn Ewers is the starting quarterback at Texas, if Quinn Ewers is the one touching the ball on offense, every single play, as opposed to Hudson card. And that's not a knock on Hudson card. I think Hudson card could easily go start at another power five football program and probably do really well. But he has been put into certain situations where he, the dog comes out in him, even when he can barely move. And so I want to give credit there. I don't want everyone to be bashing on Hudson Card being like, oh, this is why Texas lost. Did it impact it? Yeah, of course. Of course it did. You know, I think, as you mentioned, Quinn Ewers was rolling. He he really got, kind of got in that rhythm and was moving the ball against a really, really talented Alabama defense. And all things were working. But I think that you also have to give Hudson Card, regardless of what the end stats show, I think you have to give him credit where credit is due. And that's where he's going to fight and can't ask for very much more. And I think Quinn Ewers would have had it not been an upper body injury when you have to, you know, throw the ball. I know it was his left shoulder, not his right shoulder that he was favoring there. But still, you he still has to be able to move that arm in order to, you know, get the shotgun from the center and stuff. So, I mean, it's it's just an unfortunate thing. It's kind of a coulda, woulda, shoulda, which is always the worst position, I feel like, for a team or for fans to be at. But at the end of the day, Texas competed and went toe-to-toe -to -toe with the number one team in the country, in college football, with a reigning Heisman uh, Trophy winner at quarterback and a guy that's a favorite on defense to win the Heisman it's hard to it's I hate moral victories, but it's really hard not to see the positive and what Texas fielded today, all things considered. So this is what we've been talking about is building week to week improvement. And the Texas defense showed up big time against Alabama, big time. And uh, outside of the 81 yard run by Jace McClellan 
um, it would have been, it was 23 carries for 80 yards. Yes. Aside uh, that from one, the 81, yeah. That one carry for 81 yards uh, put, you know, Bama at 24 carries and 161 yards for the game. But the, the Texas defense responded and, and the coaches again, are they going to look back at that final drive after Texas took the lead with a minute 29 left and say, we should have brought more heat on Bryce Young, those first four passing plays, because they finally took a timeout. They brought the heat and had him dead to rights. And God bless Ryan Watts. That kid's not going to sleep tonight no. uh, because he had a chance to make one of the plays of the game and uh, it just didn't go his way. He, he was going up against the, the reigning Heisman trophy winner who you know, spun out of that tackle and, and ran for 20 yards to, to set up the game winning field goal. But uh, this Texas defense showed up big time and now they have to build on it. Now they have to, you know, get better, even better. And, and starting next week, especially because the, the offense could be in, in a weird situation. I mean, if, if, if yours is out for the UTSA game, and Hudson Card gets injured, who's the number three quarterback? I mean, Malik Murphy on paper is the number three quarterback, but he didn't really go through spring. Like, he doesn't have as many reps in this offense as Ben Ballard, the walk-on, who traveled with the team last year ahead of scholarship quarterback Charles Wright. Right. Like, if push comes to shove, that is a serious question for Steve Sarkeesian on, on Monday. Yeah. Um, and that's scary, folks. That's I mean, listen, no offense to Ben Ballard or Charles Wright or Malik Murphy, but the fact that we can't answer, cannot answer who the number three quarterback is of those three players I just mentioned, uh, put yeah, that that'll put a shiver down your spine. I will say it when when Hudson Card was hobbling a little bit after honestly when he first came off the field he got he went into i can't remember i don't want to say definitively when it was i I'm, I'm pretty sure it was in the second quarter he went into the pop up medical tent on the sideline and that's when charles wright started warming up on the okay. sidelines so if it now i was watching pretty intently <laughs> like i had my binoculars like oh my gosh is this really going to happen that texas is going to be a, you know against Alabama with a third string quarterback, regardless of who it is, but it was Charles Wright that was warming up. He was in the huddle with uh, the offense when Hudson Card still kept playing in the game. He was, you know, one that was like right there with there. So we'll see. I don't know. Um, but I, I feel like if, I, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're a Texas fan, you hope that doesn't come to fruition to be in any position to have to rely on a third string or fourth string or fifth string quarterback. You want to have a two deep at quarterback and keep them as healthy and safe as possible. If it doesn't go your way, you know, then it's like all hell breaks loose. But if today was in the if, if Saturday was in the indication um, of who would be third, I would guess it would be Charles, right? I just don't. I, I don't know if I can say that definitively. That was just based off of what I saw on the sideline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, offensively, Texas took their shots deep down the field. And um, Hudson Card had the uh, wheel route to Bijan Robinson that went for. Um, let's see here. 
gosh, I thought Bijan had a, yeah, I thought that went for 42 yards. 42 yards. Yeah. That was his longest. Yeah. Bijan had three catches for 73 yards. Um, Yeah. 42 yards. And then, um, you know, Jordan Whittington, that guy makes tough catches on third down. You know, you found out who the dogs are, who's not afraid to go toe to toe. We knew we said this on the flagship podcast going in, we knew worthy Whittington were ready and they would show up. Casey Kane made another play in this game. Um, and that was Hudson card, uh, you know, uh, connecting with him and on that drive where they go 86 yards and don't score. Right. So 29 yard gain that he got. 29 yard gain on a, on a play Hudson card to Casey Kane. And, and so, you know, the offense was, was doing good things against an elite defense with, you know, Will Anderson, Will Anderson was completely out of sorts in this game at going into the fourth quarter. He had more penalties four than he had tackles three. He had three offsides and a personal foul late hit on Jatavian Sanders and Alabama had 15 penalties for hundred yards and they were good calls. Mm-hmm. Like they probably could have called a pass interference penalty against Kool-Aid McKinstry on that uh, pass from yours to Jatavian Sanders uh, near the goal line on the drive where yours got hurt. But nonetheless, um, and Steve Sarkeesian said, I'd like to think that the atmosphere and, and we, the Longhorns made made them anxious and contributed to those mistakes. It was an unbelievable atmosphere, Taylor. The fans were incredible. Um, you and I were at that Texas West Virginia game in like 2011 when Geno Smith and Tavon Austin and that team came in and they started playing jump around and the whole stadium was shaking. That happened again today. Uh, the fans were incredible and yes. it just, it's just, uh, and it's a heart, heartbreaker for the Texas program to not be able to finish that game. Uh, and Sarkeesian said, we didn't lose. We ran out of time. Mac Brown used to say that, and you'd kind of roll your eyes. Today, you kind of said, yeah, you know, Texas didn't lose this one. They ran out of time. And yeah. it's tough. Yeah, it is tough. And Will Anderson did say in the post-game press conference, he was asked about the atmosphere and he gave so much credit to the atmosphere inside Royal Memorial stadium on Saturday. He said that this was one of the, the more, I I don't remember exactly his words, but essentially summed it up as one of the, the tougher environments um, that he's played in since he's been in college and facing uh, one of the tougher teams that he has played against too. He gave a lot of credit to Texas there it's crazy too, Chip, when you say that, you know, Alabama finished the game with 15 penalties. They had 15 penalties at the end of three quarters. So they didn't get any in the fourth quarter, but they were averaging five penalties. And you have to say that, I mean, when you get really good teams on their heels and when you get them rattled, that's the outcome. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I saw a stat and I, I don't want, I hope I'm not wrong on this, but I think I saw a stat that said that that was the most penalties that a Nick Saban team at Alabama has given up under his, or since 2007, I believe is what the the stat was. And that's a credit to the, I mean, that's a credit to Texas in general, and that's a huge credit to the fans and the atmosphere. I mean, that's what, 
I feel like, you know, when you have a stadium that you can have 105,200 and what was it, 13 or yeah, 105 to 13 was the final attendance as a record for Texas. Use that to your advantage. There have been way too many times where it's been like, oh, this is a sellout crowd, but it's like, my ears aren't ringing when I'm out there. Like my ears should be ringing. When you're on the field, your ears should be ringing. I've been in much smaller stadiums where my ears rang for days on end after the game, just being on the field. And Texas actually did bring it. Steve Sarkeesian gave a lot of credit to the fans. I think that, um, you know, I, I think if you're a Texas fan, you got you to bring it every every week, regardless of what's going on, regardless of the opponent, because it obviously made a major impact in uh, this game, I know it didn't end in a win, but still, it it shook Alabama enough to you know give up 15 penalties in three quarters. Yeah, well, this fan base needs to show up and do that again next Saturday night against UTSA because that's got trap game written all over it. And then Texas Tech hangs on today and beats a ranked Houston team in Lubbock, um, and. Joey McGuire, Joey Juice, uh, Texas is going to have to go out to Lubbock um, to open Big 12 play. That's another uh, dangerous game for Texas. But if Texas plays to its own standard and continues to improve, especially you know from week to week, make that improvement, then the program will finally be turning and moving in the right direction and uh, because today was, man, it was a heck of a game to watch. It was a total roller coaster. You never knew what was coming next. And right when you think Bert Auburn and his burnt orange hair were going to become a burnt orange legend, uh, Bryce Young happens. And, um, you know, great players make big time plays in big time games at big time moments. And he did. And uh, and Texas needs to make sure that the confidence they take from this game does not go wasted uh, because this Texas team has a chance to to really make some noise in the Big 12 if they can play like that defensively from here on out. So um, defense Taylor, wins championships, right? What's that? Defense wins yeah. championships. Yep. And. That was impressive. Anthony Cook on that fourth down stop with 355 left. And, um, you know, Jalen Ford, as we said, at team leading 10 tackles. Uh, Alfred Collins got pressure. Moro Jomo was collapsing the pocket and forced Bryant Young right into Ovia Gofu's hands for a sack on third down. Um, there were a lot of really good plays made today defensively and penetration to Andre sweat should have been credited with the sack of Bryce young in the end zone. Didn't happen, but um, you know, there was a lot of uh, positives to take from this game. Daniel Trejo and a 46.4, you know, punting yard average and, and Bert Auburn had the stones to kick a 49 yarder with the game on the line with a minute 29 left. So, a lot of positives to come out of this game. Now we wait to see what the uh, health uh, injury report is with Quinn Ewers, with Hudson Card, with Deshaun Jameson. So, um, listen, this was a thriller, but the the football gods got to stop messing with Texas when 
when it comes to playing Alabama, Taylor. But uh, we'll leave it there. Uh, folks, thanks so much for listening to uh, the flagship podcast for Taylor Estes. I am Chip Brown. Until next time, we'll see you over at Horns247.com, the premier Texas site on the premier 24-7 sports network. Uh, until next time, stay safe and keep the faith. It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.